I think that this Laetari Sunday is meant to be not just a, a kind of arouse our excitement about the coming of Easter, but to get, let us uh, check in on ourselves. How are we doing during this journey of Lent? Because this is such a grace-filled time. There's, there's so much potential for a change of heart, a change of life, for something new to happen uh, in our spirit. And especially, the, the, so often, I don't think most of us, maybe none of us here do horrible things, but we often do petty things, petty things, little petty jealousies and, and petty anger and, and petty uh, not forgiving just because we can be petty. And, and it's a chance to take a look at that and say, do I want that, more of that or less of it? Would I like to get rid of it if possible? And so that's where we are. And we get a chance to check in and see if we want to do something different. And these readings help us a whole bunch today. Hosea uh, tells us that, that the people had forgotten God. They were, they were desecrating the temple. They were, they were doing abominations and, and defilement and just disgusting things. And, and all the stuff that their ancestors had given them in faith, they had forgotten. And uh, it's it said in the scriptures, and this is an amazing line, said that God early and often sent prophet after prophet to reach out to them. Early and often. My question is, why didn't they listen? What, what prevented them from listening and from really hearing? And they didn't. And they took all the consequences of their uh, lacking, inability, unwillingness to listen to God. And then if we look at the gospel, um, this is a gospel that reminds us of the Moses moment in the desert when because the people were stubborn and hard of heart, God sent serpents, it's, it's an incredible story, God sent serpents to bite them and kill them. I mean, really, what? Oh my goodness. But at any rate, after he does that, Moses cries out and God says this to him. You built a, a, a bronze pole with a serpent on it and uh, put it in, up, up uh, in front of everybody. And all they have to do after they've been bitten to prevent them from dying, all they have to do is look up at the seraph serpent. Now, that's not hard to do, just to look up. Uh, but that is what is said about Jesus, that he would be lifted up and we should look up at him. I know when I came here to St. Bernard, this is the first church I've been in um, as a Catholic priest that, uh, that had the risen Lord up behind the altar. And I went, oh, because it, 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 I love the cross up behind the altar, very visible. And um, the cross in this church at the time was in the back on that side where the, the little pew is back there, kind of uh, going out the front door of the church on that side. And um, so a couple years ago, last year or the year before, uh, we had the ingenious idea, I think, to move it up to that, uh, to one of the um, um, wooden beams there and hang it there. And I love it because it, it literally is this gospel that we have to look up and see, look up at the cross and see. And that's all we got to do. If we would look at the cross Look at the suffering Lord. Look at the passion and death. It seems to me that that changes us. If we really take a good look at the cross, there is salvation in that, just looking at the cross. But why, why is it that some people don't look and they don't see? 
What's going on? Well, the, God, the, the second reading is the reading that, that, uh, that maybe ties it all together because Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians that while we were dead in our transgressions, dead in our sin, that God poured out his grace and love through his son Jesus Christ. And if we get that, if we ever have the sense of our own, own shame or, or our own lack or our own sinfulness, but at the same time say, but I know my God's mercy and his love is real. And I know that when Jesus hung on that cross, the divine and human came together in that moment in, in a way that was uh, unspeakably different. Because there he is hanging there after all of the rejection, after all of the suffering, after all of the mockery, and even as he's dying, they're insulting him. And instead of hating, he loved and forgave. He said those incredible words, Father, forgive them all, they know not what they do. At that moment, that reality is this saving grace of God that comes to us through Jesus Christ. That saved us. And I think it saved our humanity by infusing in it divinity. And in that moment, the incarnation made the greatest sense that the Word of God, the Christ, was infused into the humanity of Jesus. And in that divine infusion into a human person, and when uh, human and divine became one miraculously, uh, what was revealed to us was that grace and the power of that grace. But I go back to the question, why do people not hear and why do they not see? What's going on? I read a little quote the other day that said, um, uh, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we think they are. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's so true. Because once things come into our eyes, they penetrate into this brain of ours. And our brains are filled with stuff. Our brains are filled with fears and prejudices and, and cultural ideas and even religious ideas, some of them not very good ones. For example, just the one I mentioned earlier, that God saw his people were not um, following him and listening to him, so he sent serpents to bite them and kill them. That, I can't, I can't take that in. I just I can't believe in a God that is going to send serpents. He's choosing to send serpents to kill people. Now, I can see that that story has a powerful meaning and it, 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 it can speak powerfully about consequences for our actions. But literally, that God sent serpents to bite and kill his people. It makes no sense to me. So that is a, a religious idea and it depends where we land on it. You may say, oh, Father Perry, you're wrong. If the Word of God said that, that's exactly what God did. Okay. But that doesn't plant itself in my head. However, there's all kinds of religious ideas, and you and I both know that there are people that in religion have hated, have caused wars. I hate to bring the person up, but Hitler was, I believe, a Catholic. Not a very good one, obviously. But he killed so many people. How could he do that? How could he 
look at Jews, for example, and hate them so much that he said we must eradicate them from the earth. How could a, how could a person look at humanity knowing God, knowing Jesus the Christ, and, and come up with that conclusion? How could you be so deaf and so unable to see the reality of who Jesus Christ is and what God wants for us? So for me, the question that emerged is not this. Uh, we don't look at things as they are. We look at things as we think they are. But what if we looked at things as we thought God wanted them to be? What if that question emerged in us and we say, God, what do you want? What do you want of me? What do you want me to do with my life? What is it that you, God, would like to see change in me? How would you like to see me grow, God? What do you think? And I propose to you that the moment you ask that question, something opens up in yourself and myself. Uh, what, just, just to give God the room by asking the question makes something change in us. I tell people in confessional all the time, you know, why don't you this week, in relation to this, this struggle you're in, you're lying or you're whatever it is that you're doing, why don't you ask God just each day a couple of times, God, how could I change this? Now, I don't think you'll hear a voice but you will hear a voice. It's not an audible one. It's a spiritual voice deep in our spirit. We hear. We, we, we are people of values and, and people of faith and religion. We, we know what is right and wrong. And if we pause to ask God, what do you want? I believe we'll come to a conclusion that will be useful. So it's not a question of do we see, do we see things as, as they are. I, sometimes I suppose we do. Do we see things as we think they are? That's all of the time. But to me, the most useful question might be to ask, God, how do you think it should be? And what do you want of me and for me?